Hello, and welcome to another episode of Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry, A History of American Scandal, the podcast where we tell you the scandals that America forgot, or something like that. I'm Casey Howe. And I'm Mark Pikert. And we couldn't be more pleased to come to you vaguely hungover, mm-hmm. having survived mm-hmm. another weekend. Oh, the end of summer weekends. I mean, I tell you, I think it's really, we made it through Sumar, and then now the fall is really, they're saying, nah, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Autumn. Autumn. <laughs> now we're, de- we're, we're beginning mm-hmm. the treacherous journey into autumn. Autumn. Sounds like mm-hmm. that Netflix website. Ta-dum. Oh, is there one? That, that makes sense. With their... With their um, yeah, but you don't read it because they only write about Netflix shows and who gives a shit? That's true. That's true. That would be, it's a single, a single voice, I think is what they say. You know, it's kind of yeah. one voice. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, like, other than do revenge, I couldn't tell you the last time that I sat down eagerly, <gasps> enjoyed a Netflix program. Well, do I have one for you? Oh, um, did you watch Dahmer? Yes, of course oh. I did, Mark. Of course Casey, I did. We, you know that we don't allow Ryan Murphy in this household. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I rarely do, except for, didn't he do Ratchet, though? We loved that one. Well, we watched that one. It was also <laughs> fall 2020. Things were different. That's true. We, we had run everything. out of TV. <laughs> but I never ran out of TV enough to make me watch The Wire. Oh, that's fair. I didn't do that either. And you know what? I think this also came at a time where I ran out of things to watch. So it was like, oh, this. This is going to nail. This is a relatively slow time for TV. So I'm just going to say, I'll give it to Ryan Murphy of knowing when to release something that is eh, but watchable. Well, I mean, good names. That is basically, that's basically his entire, like that's his epitaph. (laughs) (laughs) But watchable. (laughs) Uh, Well, hilariously, right before we jumped on this call, and I promise that we will get to a, I guess the real scandal is how Ryan Murphy gets to still make all these Ooh. shows. Am I right? <laughs> Ooh, we're really dragging him. I like it. Keep going. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and don't get me started on David E. Kelly, the Ryan Murphy <laughs> straight people. How are we going to, uh, how are we going to wrap this up? I'll just put her in a helicopter, have her land on a bridge. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Close Spoiler. Enough. Uh, But right before we jumped on this call, I watched the newly released trailer for Ryan Murphy's Netflix series, The Watcher, based on the Westfield, New Jersey house. Do you remember this story? I probably screamed it into your face when we worked facing each other. at (laughs) Um, Potentially. It sounds familiar. I just forget why we were The family moves into a new house. This is a true story. A family moves into a new house and starts getting letters saying, I'm obsessed with your house. I am the yes. Westfield Watcher. Thank I've seen your children. Thank you for bringing me new blood. Yes, I do recall this now. So now yes, it yes. is a series starring Bobby Cannavale and Naomi Watts. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. into that. They have a trailer, so that's coming out soon, huh? I'm excited. October 13th. I love things like that. Oh, something to look Just forward to. Just in time. Just in time. Uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll shut the blinds on a beautiful <laughs> autumn day and just watch The Watcher. I think that's a great idea, Mark. I we should it. really we should really pencil that in. I think we that sounds have... like a lovely maybe on Halloween or something, you know. Ooh. And not answer the door if anyone comes a knocking. 
uh, never answer the door. Obviously. We can have fruit salads too. Ooh, wink, wink. That's what we call wine that we cut fruit up into. (laughs) (laughs) That way it's sangria. Some people call it lazy sangria. We call it wine salad and it is delightful. You get now pro tip for any of, for all you listeners out there, make sure you get the dole pre-sliced vegetables that are frozen, like the mix of them. That way it's easier. And you're really, it's like you're adding ice to your wine. So it all chills it down. So a little pro tip for you. You can really choose any fruit of your choosing, but I prefer the multi-slice, which is like peaches and apples and Mm. pineapples. It's a real delight. And then at the end, you get fruit um, that's been soaked in wine, which you're never supposed to eat that part. You're going to eat that from sangria. They say that's terribly dangerous because the alcohol content is quite high. Anyway, um, with caution. But um, we highly recommend it with a little side of some Cracker Barrel cheese mm. and uh, Snyder's of Hanover, the honey mustards. I know. Now I'm making myself hungry. Yeah. You anyway, I do, just, it's nothing but class over here, guys. Nothing but class. <laughs> I do want to briefly tell you, Casey. Uh, Casey and I have not spoken in a while. So part of this podcast <laughs> Sorry, episode guys. is going to be us sharing stories as they mm. occur to us. Yes. Because when we are not in front of each other, we just completely forget the other exists. That's true. We have to keep up a daily text just to stay abreast of what is that we still exist. Yes. Uh, but Leah Rudick, our favorite Instagram comedian who cosplays oh. a Jew as a wealthy woman. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did one where she went to Ohio and went to a place called The Cracker Barrel. Oh, I saw that. It's full of white people who look like they live in barrels. Yes. She, crack, she described Cracker Barrel as a speakeasy for poor people. Yes. Because yes. you have to go through a store to get to the secret restaurant. And I've never heard a more jarringly accurate description. I couldn't agree more. She nails things like that. And it is just so hysterical. And I thought about that too. And she was like, you have to go through a store and you might buy a blanket or something. And then you go to the back and then they bring you a menu. And (laughs) 12 Rocky chairs, eight gospels to do. Reba McIntyre and Dolly Parton and Trisha Yearwood all released Cracker Barrel only albums in the last 10 years. Really exclusive releases to Cracker Barrel. Are they they full albums? I mean, how many tracks are we talking here? We're talking full tracks. And I'm not entirely sure. At one point, Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks recorded a Christmas album. And I think it was only available at Cracker Barrel. And it wasn't even streaming because Garth Brooks famously had his whole thing about streaming. Yes, yes he will not do that. He's not a fan. Uh, so my mother went to Cracker Barrel, which was no burden on her part. Believe me, we <laughs> love a we love a Meatloaf Tuesday. The Meatloaf is the special every Tuesday. Has been oh. since time began. Ah, oh, pro tip. Good to pro know. tip for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who loves us speak easy for pours. That's. <laughs> uh, but my mother went to Cracker Barrel and bought me that CD. Oh. That's so nice. I hope and, she wrapped it up for Christmas, or did she present it ahead of Christmas? So you could no, I think it. that it just came in like a, a Halloween box or in, you okay. know, one of the, one of the okay. boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I realized, how the hell am I supposed to play a CD? <laughs> that was okay. That was going to be my follow up question: is please tell me in the last ten years that they've released actual CDs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How else do you sell them at Cracker Barrel? I know. And then you looked at it and you said, "How am I going to play this?" Maybe they're selling NFTs now, though. Oh, potentially. 
Do you think they do that? Probably not at Cracker Barrel. No offense to Cracker Barrel. They just, you know, they keep it keep it simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep, it, keep it right and tight. NFTs, just a JPEG you pay for. Oh, so true. Instead of right-clicking, save image, get out your credit <laughs> card. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're a proud owner of this oh. static image. Congratulations. Right. Speaking of static images, ah. you know it's not a static image? Tell Movies. me, Mark. Ah. Once they, again, a seamless segue. Oh, I had a better one, but then we got distracted. Uh, <laughs> regardless. Uh, uh, no, it is your scandal today, Mark. Please tell us. I was going to say, uh, fruit salad, so healthy. You know what isn't healthy? What? Candy, specifically Hershey bars. Which <gasps> brings me to today's subject, Barbara Hershey. Ooh. Uh, okay, so for me, Barbara Hershey is an actress that I know. But I only know her from really bad things. So I have never, I academically understand that she's a great actress. I have not encountered that with any frequency. Okay. And so she's just someone who, for whatever reason, her her best performances and best films have just not been part of my viewing experience. Okay. As someone who's deeply invested in film. Yes, obviously that 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 says something coming from you. Of uh, you've never encountered one of these wonderful performances of hers. So you probably know Barbara Hershey best from Beaches. Okay, she's the not Bet Midler. <laughs> she's the other one. Okay, she's the one who dies. Oh no! Spoiler. Spoiler. She wow, is the wind beneath her wings. Spoiler today. Oh, is no that where way. that song comes from? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, fun fact. And watchable fact. movie. I, I couldn't finish it. <laughs> just, just terrible. Just terrible. Um, <sighs> anyway, mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Uh, she's also Natalie Portman's mother in Black Swan. Okay. Okay. Uh, and she was in Insidious uh, 1 and 2, which I just rewatched, which is why Barbara Hershey was on my mind. And I thought, you know, I don't really, I know that she's a big deal, but I don't know why she's a big deal. So let me look at like what her career is. She also won an Emmy for playing our favorite murderess, Candy Montgomery, <gasps> in what? a 1990 TV movie. Ooh, now is that watchable? Because that would be a fun throwback. We need to find it. Okay. Okay, I'm going to look into it. Uh, She was also Oscar nominated for Portrait of a Lady, starring Nicole Kidman, based on Mm -hmm. the Henry James novel, which I really fucking love that novel. I enjoy Henry James. I do. Don't come for me. (laughs) But then I discovered Barbara Hershey has had a lot going on in her early days. Oh, Okay. So Barbara Hershey was born in Hollywood uh, in 1948, and she started acting in 1966. Her first performance was a three-episode arc on Gidget. Okay. That was a big deal at the time. Yes. Yes. So in 66, she's like not even, she's still in high school. Okay. Yeah, I think she's the, um, David Carradine, who was her partner for uh, almost 10 years, uh, claimed in his memoir that she dropped out of high school to like start doing, to start working professionally. Uh, uh, unclear if that is true or not. Okay. But so she starts acting in Gidget in 1966, and she meets David Carradine on the set of 1968 Glenn Ford Western. 
And David Carradine is someone who also is just, you don't really understand him in the context of his time anymore. He is uh, Bill in Kill Bill. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's also the one who, one of the many ones who accidentally died of erotic asphyxiation. Ooh, okay. That happens. It happens. You know. More than we care to admit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And so by the time Kill Bill came around, he was just kind of like a, like a Hollywood kook, like a Dennis Hopper type. Like, ooh, I don't want to, ugh. Something, bad vibes. Got it. <laughs> Uh, and at the time, so they met in 68 and then they were together until 1975, I think. And they were very, very 19, late 60s, early 70s Hollywood hippies. Oh, ooh, okay. Okay. Like David Carradine is, uh, ends up on ABC's Kung Fu, the hit martial arts series. Obviously. Uh, which people lost their minds for. ABC did not want to do it. They did one TV movie and they aired it twice. And the response was so ecstatic both times. They were like, I guess we'll do three of these. And then it became a series. And David Carradine was suddenly a huge star. Oh my gosh. A little bit kooky. Which is is a little problem. I mean, that one, I think, I can't imagine that it's aging well as a... Why I just look his character name pops up and it's yeah, yeah. Anyway. so there's there's a lot he's half he's half Chinese I believe oh, is the premise okay. Okay. Uh, not David Carradine okay yeah that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. just the I was character. like oh, that would be okay the character <laughs> so it's only half as bad as you think it is <laughs> okay <clears throat> uh, so he and Barbara Hershey are just kind of. Like the Hollywood, not quite an it couple, but just like very fringe, very like, oh, uh, you know what? Let's go interview those two kooks. We need a good story today. Okay. And David Carradine, I uh, like described himself as the original San Francisco beatnik. He'd bummed around. He'd been a coffee shop poet. He'd been a sewing machine salesman. Uh, he'd acted on Broadway, and then he quit to go do a Shane. TV series because this is still when westerns were big deals on TV. Okay. Which they still are, right, Yellowstone fan? <laughs> and throughout a lot of his press, uh, it seems like he was most comfortable doing interviews with Barbara Hershey, like just in the room, just hanging out. As a couple. As okay. a couple. So in 19, so they got together in 68. In later that year or in 1969. <laughs> Barbara Hershey starred in this really dark teen drama. And we're going to end this episode getting into the entire scandal around this movie as well. Ooh, okay. She starred in a really dark teen drama called uh, Last Summer. Okay. And during shooting, she there was a scene where her character throws a seagull into the air trying to get it to fly again. And seagulls are not trainable animals. You can just kind of bully and manipulate them into doing what you want them to. Okay, interesting. So she's doing this so, and she's tired, and the bird is tired, and she's... They had really really bonded. She and the bird had really bonded. It was a whole big thing in the... A whole big subplot of the movie. And the cast, or the crew, called the seagull Barbara Seagull. Okay. Because they were working so much. (laughs) And... So Barbara's throwing the seagull into the air and finally it's like 10 takes or something. And the director, Frank Perry comes over and was like, okay, well that's, that's it. 
Um, also, <laughs> the bird broke its neck and died. <gasps> oh my gosh. And so, <sighs> I need you to listen to the words I say and not my voice because I can modulate my tone only so much. And it's going to sound crazy. No, Even when Barbara Hershey says it, it sounds crazy, but it's going to sound super crazy when I say it. Okay. So Barbara Hershey repeatedly told this story for a reason I will explain momentarily. And every time that she tells it, she said, and when I found out the bird had died, I felt her soul enter me. And I became one with the seagull. And that is why I changed my name from Barbara Hershey to Barbara Siegel. There was she a did period. Not. She yes. did not. She did not. Casey, there was a period of time. She fought to do it for years. And every manager, every like every single person, she would say, I really need to pay homage to this dead <gasps> seagull by changing my name to Barbara Siegel. Which no one no one includes the part of the story where the crew called the seagull Barbara Siegel, but she brings it up in an interview, which is the whole reason that we're having this episode. Uh, we're getting there. Lots of teasers today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a little so, kooky. I mean, you know, I'm all for animal rights and such and respecting the dead, but okay. It's a bit much because it doesn't roll trippingly off the tongue either. No, no. Like Barbara Siegel. Yeah. No. Seagull. Mm-hmm. It's not it's super. Just, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So she finally just forces everyone to let her do it. Everyone is furious. She shows up on set for a European film and they're like, you can't, you can't use that name. You're famous as Barbara Hershey. We hired you as Barbara Hershey. And now no one's going to know who the fuck you are. And she's like, <laughs> I don't care. I killed a bird. Oh my gosh. And she like for better or worse, she stood her ground. Oh my gosh. Like as is... uh, as a young as like a 20-year-old actress in 1970 Hollywood entertainment industry, she stood her fucking ground and she went right. by Barbara Siegel for like until 1975. All right. Okay. Did she do a lot of go for it? Did she do a lot of work as Barbara Siegel? She did not. She did not. No, okay. Okay. She did not. She worked a lot with David Carradine, her partner at the time. Got it. Okay. Including an appearance on the Dick Cavett show. Now you may remember Dick Cavett from Mary McCarthy and Lillian Hellman. I do. Yes. It was just a real hotbed of controversial celebrity interactions. Because guess what Barbara Siegel does on the Dick Cavett? So I'm, I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to set the scene. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, sorry. Also, uh, she had to give up half of her salary on a movie to go by Barbara Siegel. They oh said, my if gosh. you want, they said if you want it so if... fucking bad, then like pay us back half your salary and we'll bill you as Barbara Siegel. And she did. Oh my gosh. They were like, great. We're going to need it in the marketing to tell people Barbara Siegel, formerly known as Barbara Hershey. Yes. It's a lot of copy oh. for a movie poster. So she already has a reputation as like David Carradine's baby mama slightly daffy everyone everyone remarks about her delivery and saying that she sounds like she's always high apparently she never touched drugs and she didn't even okay. smoke cigarettes uh they also named their child freedom seagull teradine 
okay, that's and, a lot. And called him free. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a lot. You know, they're just, you know what, Mark? I just feel like they're just ahead of their time, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like these, I mean, she must be looking, looking at things now being like, see, see, all uh, these crazy celebrity names. I was way ahead of the game. So Casey, you you're have, welcome, freedom. You have no idea because <laughs> she joins David Carradine on the Dick Cavett Show, June 15th, 1973. And she walks out. This clip is on YouTube. Okay. And within seven minutes, she, I think one publication described it as torpedoing her career. Oh, no. She walks out. And you can hear Free crying backstage, just like a wailing baby. And Dick Cavett's like, Dick Cavett's making like smarmy jokes, like, give him a shot of booze. You know, try the W.C. Fields approach. Right. Like, oh, my God. We get it, Dick Cavett. You're smart. And so finally, she's, he says, oh, do you want to go? Do you want to go get Free and bring him on? And she's like, oh, can I? Oh, yes, yes. I, I'm going to do that. So she runs backstage and she carries out this infant. And he's like, he's not really an infant. He's uh, like maybe two. Okay. He's no more than two, but pretty close to two. Okay. I believe. Uh, and he's crying on her lap, just like the ugliest baby noises you've ever heard. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe. Ugh. Poor Dick Cavett. And Dick Cavett has to pretend to care that this baby's crying on his show. And he's like, I just want to interview Barbara Siegel about why she changed her goddamn name. Yeah. Oh my god! And okay. then Barbara and Barbara, her she's just kind of sitting there, and she's like, "Uh, oh, eh. like I'm sorry, I I'm so I I know what he needs." And then she pulls her blouse and bears her breast and breastfeeds her son on the Dick Cavett show, <laughs> which get it, girl, do your and thing. Dick All Cavett four. Like, wow, but, uh, I've seen this a few times, and I'm always thrown by it does it bother you david carradine and david carradine's like no oh my gosh no. uh so then they go to commercial and they come back and dick cavett <laughs> says was it my imagination or did you just breastfeed your son on tv national television <gasps> like yeah i did this was just and the sound in the studio when she does it is indescribable. It's not quite gasps or boos, but it's that weird intake of breath that precedes gasps or boos. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like the, the sound becomes very weighted and you don't, mm -hmm. you're very tense. Like, how are people going to react? Like, are someone going to actually heckle her right now? Right. Uh, oh my gosh. In 1970, the, whatever. In 1975. Ah. 1973. Uh, and that was the last straw for Hollywood. They like, said that's no it. No one can take seriously Barbara Siegel breastfeeding her son on national television. And she's like dressed in like a, a peasant blouse and jean, like bell bottom jeans. And then breastfeeding her son. And so it was just, it was too much. <laughs> Hollywood said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's my limit. She ultimately ditched Siegel. She was like, I've told, she went back to Hershey 
And she said, I've told so many, I've told the story so many times. It does not mean anything to me anymore. And so why, if it's now meaningless to me, why am I carrying this name around and having to explain it? Okay, sure. So she went back to Hershey. She ditched David Carradine. And then the 70s were kind of a wash for her. She didn't really do anything. There is one tantalizing TV movie called The Glitter Palace, where she played a lesbian. Ooh, racy. I I really need to find out what The Glitter Palace is about. (laughs) But there were a lot of rabbit holes within the Barbara Hershey story. Because she also played the, do you know the motion picture, The Natural with Robert Redford? Uh, The baseball one, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't know that movie. I've never seen it because it's 134 minutes long and you know my rule. Nothing over, what is it? Nothing over 120? Like literally, if it's 121, I'm like, nah, bye. mm -mm. That's got to be a no from me, bro. Also, uh, that's way too long. I know it's Robert Redford, but for a baseball movie, I mean. So she plays anyway. the woman who shoots him? He gets oh, shot? Spoiler. Don't remember that. I've never actually watched it. I just know it was a baseball movie. Yeah, uh, guys, we have lots of spoilers in this episode, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> but no, like 40-year-old spoilers, though. Let's be very yeah. <laughs> Apparently, his character was inspired by a real-life baseball player who was wow. shot by, like, the first stalker. What? A lady stalker. And they went to her home, and she had, like, newspaper clippings taped everywhere. Ah, oh, my gosh. Is that played by Kim Basinger? <gasps> no, no, no. Barbara, no, Barbara Hershey Oh, plays. she plays it. Sorry, she, you yeah, just yeah, said yeah. that. I apologize. And Glenn oh Place is his wife. And Kim Basinger, okay. I think, is probably some floozy based on mm. Kim Basinger's career at the time. <laughs> like, that's what she oh was playing. Gosh. Guess who the director is? Oh, um, did you already look this up? Barry Levinson. Good job. Yes. <laughs> because apparently Barbara Hershey really wanted to wear a hat as her character. She made this hat for her character, the basis of her entire performance. And Barry Levinson oh said, I hate that hat. And Barbara Hershey said, well, you know what? I hated Kelly that seagull too. No, she did not. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. She didn't. Oh, okay. That'd be amazing though. <laughs> But she went out and she got, she apparently delivered from all accounts a great performance. And Barry Levinson hired her again when he did 10 Cup. Remember that motion picture or 10 Men? Yes. Yes. No, 10 Cup. That was the yeah. golf one. And she plays Danny DeVito's wife. Okay. Then we're thinking of something else. Danny DeVito's yeah, not, in, not in 10 Cup. <laughs> ten cup oh my gosh. You this know who is a... isn't 10 Cup? Kate Blanchett. She is? In, in in the um, Kevin Costner movie, I thought so. She could be. It's um, maybe I'm just thinking of Bandits. <laughs> okay, Tin Cup. I would find it hard to believe that you've seen Tin Cup. I have not seen Tin Cup. I okay. am thinking of Pushing Tin. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sure that you googled um. Barbara Hershey, The Natural, but that is a serious hat. I actually did not because today was a real cattywampus journey. Yeah, it is. It is a, her whole attire is, I guess it's supposed to be set back. Like, oh, like yeah. A period piece a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, but it is, is a very 1920s. In oh, case you shoot. forgot, this is set in the 1920s. It's 1920s. I mean, it must be set in the 1920s. She looks like an Edward Gorey character. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, that's a real 
statement, like a real direction. So I can see how uh, Barry might have not been so keen on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, anyway. Oh, also like another thing, another thing to set David Carradine and Barbara Hershey apart from the rest of Hollywood, they did Martin Scorsese's first movie, Boxcar Bertha, and they recreated the sex scenes in Playboy. What? Like for a pictorial. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Hollywood so, really had no idea what to do. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. They were three. just like, what do we even do? This is, yeah. This is this, this is, is I mean, too much. You think about like so she, nineteen sixty nine is kind of her breakthrough in last summer, which we're going to talk about in a second. Okay, uh, and then that's like just a few years removed from Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> right, like Bonnie and Clyde is kind of so in sixty nine, Midnight Cowboy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh. Easy Rider. Oh my gosh. Okay. But then right. the big like the big winners, the big like, yes, these are this is the best movie that Hollywood has come out with. We're like Anne of the Thousand Days. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Uh the prime of Miss Jean Brody. Hello okay. Dolly is the same year, like okay, a real square year as well. Got it. And so you have like you have all of these. You have these wildly divergent theory about what broad what Broadway what Hollywood should be. Okay. And then you have Barbara Hershey, who's a, completely guileless and just incredibly innocent and naive, just living her damn life and not understanding why everyone's so fucking pissed at her all the time. Yeah, yeah, I can see that where she's like, well, what do you mean? What's so bad about this? What's so bad about that? What's the big deal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said in an interview recently, um, someone said, you know, I was watching the clip of you on Dick Cavett breastfeeding and you're so badass. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Now we would absolutely say that, right? Be and, like, she yeah. said, and she said, oh, my God, oh my I gosh. love that. I wish that I'd done it for a badass reason. But honestly, I was just so naive. I knew what my son needed and I fed him. I did not think beyond that. <laughs> oh my gosh, which is just wild, but also naive is a good way to put it. But also oh. how, okay. And so the 70s anyway. we watch, she comes back, she comes back, okay. she's doing movies, she's in The Natural, she does beaches. Uh, she's doing a lot of TV work for someone of her stature. Like okay. this was not when people went back and forth at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, like picking up Emmys, picked up an Oscar nomination, um, got a whole new like slew of critical acclaim and rediscovery when she did uh, 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 Black Swan. Okay, yep. Uh, she did Insidious. She just did another horror film recently. Uh, she's working. I she's interviewed her. I interviewed her years ago uh, for the... Uh, Damien series, kind of the sequel to Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. I vaguely remember that. For a season. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I asked her about the movie that I best know Barbara Hershey from, which oh. I believe I've made you watch the trailer for. The <laughs> Probably. Entity, oh, the Entity. Where she is raped by the ghost in her home. Oh, I do remember this plot line. Mm-hmm. 
which they show in fairly graphic detail, like her body responding to an invisible assault. Eek. Okay. It's not. But also like, it's just, it's, they kill the entity by tricking it into a laboratory where they've built a life-size replica of her house and then they freeze it. Okay. But then it's so big, it ex- I, I couldn't even begin okay. to tell you. And I was I somehow brought up the entity. I somehow worked the entity into a conversation, <laughs> which is not easy to do. No, but commendable. So and she well was done. like, you know, the movie that I signed up, the script I signed on for was very different from the one we shot. Really? And I was like, oh, fair, mm-hmm. enough, fair enough. Well, Whatever. if you say so. So mm-hmm. Last Summer is okay. directed by Frank Perry. It is about three teenagers. Barbara Hershey's The Pretty Girl. Richard Thomas is one of the guys. Okay. And then someone else. And then this new actress, it might have been her film debut. She was uh, making some noise on Broadway at the time in the prime of Miss Jean Brody. And they brought her on and she played like a slightly younger, slightly chubbier new girl. Okay. And ultimately she got an Oscar nomination for her performance. Okay. One of the things about the movie is it is incredibly dark. Right. Where Barbara Hershey helps hold the younger girl down in the final scene so that one of her friends can rape her. Eek. Okay. Okay. God, we're going to do some trigger warnings in the... Sorry, we shouldn't. We'll do some in the the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. Thank you, Mike. Ugh, it's coming up a lot today. Oh, uh, it is completely unavailable. Really? It is so unavailable that at one point they found a 16 millimeter print of the movie and Warner Brothers was like, this is the only print in existence. And oh my like, gosh. But it, it's 1969. Roger Ebert lost his mind in his review and Roger Ebert in 69 is not the Roger Ebert that he would become, but you know, like one of the major critical voices of the second half of the 20th century loved this. Everyone loved this movie. It has a huge fan base. You cannot find it. They did a, a very rare screening in 2014 because then they found another print, but maybe not. And they're doing like this, they're doing that. It's never been on DVD. There's a terrible VHS print. There's apparently an, like an unrated director's cut because it did get an X and they had to keep editing, editing, editing to get whatever. Okay. Okay. Whatever so the, the rating, the Marvel. rating at the time was, was yeah. extreme. And then okay. they, they got it down to a releasable rating. Okay. Wow. And the actress who uh, got the Oscar nomination did like another movie, maybe something else, like a little bit of Broadway. And basically everyone was so mean about her looks in the most offhanded way. <gasps> like one critic said that she had the face of an intelligent marshmallow. Oh my gosh. Is this the one the, that she has like a bowl cut? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, one said that she had oh the body God. of a, of a mushroom, of an upside down <gasps> mushroom. Oh my gosh. And she would like run herself That's down cool. in interviews as well. But at a certain point she was like, I don't want to do this. 
anymore. Yeah. Why got it. So that, just, that just ran her out of Hollywood. She's like, never mind. And the yeah. Hollywood Reporter did a massive story about trying to track her down in 2020, I think. On the well, eve well, of like the 50th anniversary of her Oscar nomination, which she lost to Goldie Hawn for Cactus Flower that year. Oh, okay. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just like a crazy, like wow. completely disappeared. She became a writer in the 80s for a while. She was writing for Guiding Light. And then they finally tracked her down. And her, the guy, she, her husband was like super weird. It's a really good story. Uh, huh, okay. Worth reading because, uh, spoiler alert, she died and he kind of pretended that she hadn't to <gasps> THR. Oh my gosh. And he was like, yes, we're working on a book. And if you're writing a story about my wife, I should be the one to write it. So if you want to do business, the ball's in your court. And then they found out that they hadn't been able to find the death certificate because her birthday was off by a day on the death okay. certificate. So they were okay. looking for the, the wrong, wrong day, yeah. basically. And then they get the death certificate and they call the husband. And he's like, yeah, she did. Oh, my gosh. I'm still grieving. That's swindly. That's that's icky. That's icky. That's not cute. There, yeah, there's. That's yeah. icky. So like, when I tell you that I was just like, <laughs> oh, Barbara Hershey breastfed Dick Cavett. Breastfed Dick Cavett. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a story, Mark. <laughs> uh, we don't know what happened off screen. Eek. Uh, Barbara, oh. oh, Barbara Hershey breastfed on the Dick Cavett show. Like this is a famous Hollywood thing that I didn't know about. So mm -hmm. well, let's just do this. And Scandal. then all of a sudden it's just like. The natural, <laughs> like a stalker shooting. Oh my gosh! Last Wild. summer is like a lost movie somehow. That's crazy. There was You're right. She's like full of rabbit holes. There was a two-year search for the sixteen-millimeter print. Oh like my god! Global search. Wow. So now I'm very invested in seeing last summer. Obviously. You need a, you need an alert for any screenings that are happening. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Uh -huh. So she just has like she has all these scandals around her or very controversial movies or very controversial incidences that happen over and over again. But she kind of powers through and like does has her comebacks and yeah, gets I mean, into she, Okay. She like even when all the nonsense was happening when when she was Barbara Siegel, when she named her son Freak. <laughs> she was still always very serious about the work. Okay. She was okay. always working. Um, and so I think one of the things where she got really frustrated with being Mrs. David, they weren't married. I don't, I think they were just together. Okay. But getting frustrated with being Mrs. Kung Fu David Carradine with right. being like Barbara Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm actually doing the work and I'm pretty good. <laughs> so why the fuck so... are you talking to me about this goddamn seagull again? I told right. you its spirit entered my body and the only moral thing to do was to change my name. I mean, obviously, let's move on. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, which is the fucking <laughs> thing in the world. But the fact, that he, the fact that she put up with that, like just barreled through that much resistance also makes it really badass. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I mean, it really goes back to something you said earlier of like the naivete of it all, 
of she's like, no, I had this experience and I think it needs to be honored and I don't understand. It almost seems like a lot of her scandals, quote unquote, are just her not understanding why people are not understanding, you know, or not understanding why people care. Yes. Right. She's kind of like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. I can just do that and then you'll put my name wherever you put it on the movie and that's my name. I don't understand why this is a big deal. And the Hollywood executives are like, so there's this thing called the public (laughs) and um, they don't necessarily understand what kooky things you're doing this, this, because we're still talking about the 1970s and sure we're, you know, flower children and, San Francisco and Hollywood, but the rest of the country, no. Now, one technical question. Uh-huh. Is she at all related to that famous Hershey bar that you uh, mentioned? No, because she was actually show. born. I can't believe you brought that up when I made the, <laughs> made the decision to not say it. Uh, she was born Barbara Hershstein. Okay, so the stage name. Got it. Yes. Okay. Also, like, Hershey's not her real name either, guys. <laughs> this is just such a good point. Why are you making such a stink when you already changed it once? I'm sure yeah. it wasn't her idea to change her name to Hershey. Or maybe it was. Maybe. Let Barbara Hershey do whatever the fuck she wants. That's true. Maybe one day she was buying a Hershey bar and she said, My goodness, I'm having a spiritual awakening eating this Hershey bar. And I was like, I need to honor that. She felt that Hershey bar enter her body. Yes. And she was like, I need to honor this. Yes. Barbara Hershey. I like it. I like it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm changing my name to Mark Jen. <laughs> Jen with a G, folks. Well, I think you could go. Why don't you? I think I think you can name brand it. I think you can mm. Mark Hendricks. You know. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I Mark mean, Bombay. Good. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. And you would be Casey... Lele. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is like when people come up with their quote unquote porn names with like their middle name. Yes. <laughs> we have a new one. <laughs> What's your barfly name? It's just your name and then whatever you're going to order. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Casey Lele. Like Dirty rocks on the side. <laughs> Yay. See, I even have my own tagline. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, Mark Hendricks, bone dry. dry. <laughs> Don't even hold it near vermouth. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. If I see you even take out a vermouth bottle while chilling my glass, I will throw this cocktail napkin at you. Well, Which no, will... <laughs> truly what, it, what my tagline would be is, do you have any cocktail onions? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Don't bother with olives for this fella. If you can find him a cocktail onion, that's where his heart lives. You know, I've always been a Gibson girl. Mm, so true. So. 